1: Today I'm joined with Megan and Joey Coberly. Their business used to be called Gulf Coast Bookkeeping when I've met them, but they've changed the name to the Landscaping Bookkeeper. Because they've niched down their bookkeeping services to serve lawn care and landscaping um, business owners. So, tell us how you got started and um, the crazy uh, story of how you guys got into um, serving lawn care business owners.
2: Sure. So, we got, let's see. Actually, our story goes back personally to fifth grade where we were racing <laughs> doing our spelling words. Yeah. That's one of our earliest memories. Joey even remembers a lot more of that time period, but... Um, so fifth grade, fast forward, we did have a fling in seventh grade. That ended when Joey decided he was too cold and didn't want to share his jacket anymore. She
3: kept asking for my jacket. I kept focusing. It quiet. was,
2: it was, we were done. Um, so that was seventh. We kept up a little bit during the high school years, but he had moved on to a different high school. And so we actually kept up via competition games. So that's been kind of the basis of our relationship since the start. It's been Scrabble. It's been spelling words. It's been, um, I mean, I guess it was words with friends. Day. Some chess. Who's
3: yeah. better at- Scrabble.
2: So Scrabble actually I remember back way when we were pretty come evenly
3: I used to beat you all the time, and then you got gradually better. Gradually
2: better. And I think the same is true with chess. Like, he used to beat me all the time, but then kind of started to give him a little bit better competition. In um, spelling words, works. definitely be, definitely me. definitely me. Although yeah, she, he argues she, that. Been watching. Don't
3: forget, we got to get to oh, the yeah, mic yeah. when you talk. She's been binge-watching uh, chess videos for, like, the last six months trying to beat me. So she's, she's really starting to put some pressure on me now, so I'm going to have to step my game up a little bit. <laughs>
2: so that we've been competing ever since we met but um we reconnected actually via his sister so now my sister-in-law and she just randomly messaged me online one day and said hey when are you gonna date my my brother and i'm like oh never never <laughs> um but she invited me out to one of his football games so like, com- still competitive and you know i enjoyed being out there and really enjoyed being with his family uh, it didn't take long. We dated maybe six months and then got married around two thousand. That was two thousand seventeen. Yeah,
3: October two thousand seventeen.
2: Yeah, October yeah. two thousand seventeen. Um, and then, so actually, just our personalities coming together, learning that first year of marriage, we both were discovering about ourselves that our body was just sort of revolting against the nine to five. We just thought, you know, I I was a teacher before, and so I was very used to nine to five, actually a little bit more than nine to five because you take all your work home, you're grading, you're preparing for the next day, you're prepping. Um, And so I just thought, how do people do this and parent and family and life? How do how do they do all this? And so, yeah, I think just during that period, we both were trying to think through, Okay, well, what can we do if we're married? We're now here to build a new life, not necessarily live out what we thought married life would be, but truly come together, create a new life. And I just started Googling work from home because I knew I wanted to eventually be a mom. And thought, I could never be a mom and teacher at the same time. And I figured I still would need to provide some financial stability. So, well, well, he did too. And so, all that to say, I came across a bookkeeping ad. And the ad was for building a bookkeeping business. The guy that had got on there and marketed, I just couldn't forget the video he had created. It just spoke right to me. It was like, hey, want to build some flexibility? Want to build freedom want to build you know time into your day and family and so but he also kind of gave me hey here's what here's the skills you need to have too like you need to be a person who's all on time so he wasn't just fluffing everything mm-hmm. um he was really trying to create a picture of what could be and i showed it to joey we just kept talking about it and talking about it it was a little bit of an investment and we had just we were just married so didn't know if we wanted to throw that much money into it but we did we ended up investing in the course um and it took off from there. We, I ended up teaching only one. Well, I've taught four years total, but I finished my years uh, teaching, and then decided that I would build a business because Joey knew his skill was not ever to start something. I believe Joey's always wanted to be in business world because his major was business management but he just never foresaw himself I being don't able-
3: starting stuff at all like i i'm just not organized you need a lot of organization in order to do you know just any sort of startup i like an existing business model i can kind of add value to you know think about bigger plans but as far as starting stuff that's megan all the way her teacher skills and organizational skills maybe are
1: put the mic just a little further far? away because you talk louder than Megan. Oh, okay okay
3: go. Yeah. So anyway, that was definitely her skill set. So I've kind of got an interesting background in terms of, uh, so I did go to college for business management. That's, that's what my four years in, but I've largely done, uh, blue collar work. So I don't have like a lot of, I wasn't like an in, you know, in sort of banking or anything for a long period of time or anything like that. I haven't really worked in a lot of corporations as far as like, you know, an accounting firm or anything like that. So I, I can really relate to our clientele in terms of, you know, just doing the blue collar work. I'm from like the backwoods of Alabama, so a lot of the, the you know, just t- small talk, you know, and everything like that that goes on in the lawn care industry, it's it's very fun to see that, because I'm also a very analytical person, and I like numbers, but at the same time, I can totally relate to most of our client base, which is, you know, small town, you know, worked with their hands a lot of their life, like that, that's largely me, so. Anyway, just, just having the two of us come together and, you know, I, I did basically some tile work while she was starting the business for a long time. I worked on uh, wind turbines as a technician for a while. So that's largely what I did while she was gaining clients. So I think our first year we had like one client for like all of 2018 you can it. Like yeah that.
2: 2018 i got my first client november and i had one client man that was the best feeling ever getting that first client so i know lawn care there might be a little bit easier entry but there's nothing like networking and networking and then finally seeing that reward of a first recurring monthly client so that was november of 2018 and the, the course was kind of helping us along the way, think through things. I knew I didn't want to just build a ton of clientele. I knew that's not my route. I wanted to build enough experience through the original clients I got and then be able to niche down into a, a, an industry. So at the time, we had a cleaning client. We had a... Mm. We, had a, shop, we had a coffee shop a,
3: um, construction company we, had a
2: land, we did have a lawn, care, lawn company care company in um, town and we were actually doing all these meetings in person so we had a pretty good feel for you know what are they like like mm. what we kind of use them as our indicator of the industry and the more and more we did the lawn care i just liked it there were just some specific points about the lawn care I like i knew i didn't want to do anything with products and so the, comp- the coffee idea was out even know i love coffee um and so we just eventually i just said I feel like my next phase in business to be able to just really market or to be able to just really propel ourselves forward, we need to just choose. And so we did. We sat down and I had kind of I was I was familiar with uh, Jason Creel's event. I had kind of just been thinking about landscaping for a while, but also was looking into the cleaning world, that service based industry. And so we did one day I said, let's Let's go with landscaping. We kind of listed pros and cons, had a conversation about I don't remember much about the conversation, but we were like, all right, landscaping it is. And so we, I, I contacted Jason Creel. It was reasonable enough for us to invest in it and to promote ourselves. Reasonable
1: was, enough? Jason didn't have a clue what he was doing. He told me how much he charged you all. You know, <laughs> you got to steal the deal. That's on why I said it was reasonable for us. Yeah, reasonable. <laughs> when he told me I'm helping him with this event now. And, okay, cool. And uh, I Jason... Uh,
0: <laughs> we
3: raised the prices. <laughs>
2: so it, I, yeah, right. I the had time looked at. I had
3: no idea though, because that was literally you know the first conference we had ever even looked into, you know. So we yeah. had no idea. So what you the guys pricing. sponsored
1: a booth at the yeah, your did, Life huh? Conference,
3: mm-hmm.
2: correct? And I had looked at GIE. I knew that was another popular one, but it was just too much for me at the time. And I kind of saw the difference between what Jason Creel's conference seemed to be mm-hmm. and what. GIE definitely is as an expo, and I just like the feel of Jason Mm -hmm. Creel's event and Mm -hmm. what what was pictured. And I thought, all right, small you know, small town enough to feel like. I could present myself in a way that was comfortable and not have too much imposter syndrome because we were uh, we were new. new we were new at it yeah we
3: we uh, we binge watched I think I've told you this before we binge watched Lawn Care Millionaire and everything on the way up to the conference just so we could have a few talking points because we knew books obviously we had done bookkeeping but in terms of like specific industry specific we didn't have a whole lot of experience so I just remember her and I just for five hours up there just watching videos you know going up to Jason Krill's conference and and having a blast doing it but uh, yeah just learned some of the linguistics and. Everything, but yeah, yeah, and
2: and I remember we were in Airbnb, so I was putting together uh, the little speech that I gave to to promote us up on stage because as a vendor, as a paid vendor, you get to go up there and you know talk about your business a little bit. So we were working on that the night before, and so and we met you, so we did that one podcast in the uh, the bridal suite. So we've upgraded now; we're in a house, um, but. After, after the lawn care and landscaping, I mean, it was still a little bit slow going. We were still working with all of our clients that were very broad, but we were really trying to niche down. And so through your podcast, we got quite a bit of interest from landscaping lawn care clients and all relatively seemed to be speaking to the same type of client. It's hard to really articulate. I mean, I mean, we can articulate today what it is, but it's hard to articulate what it was, but we were getting great interest and... You know, every single time I vetted them, I just felt like you don't always want to have a huge conversion rate because then you're serving everyone. But we were having a great conversion rate and really started to enjoy them. So slowly started to just work our way out of the clients. And, you know, it's kind of funny because people are like, well, how did you drop those original clients? And I'm like, I only remember actually communicating about leaving the industry to one of them. And the others just sort of naturally phased out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it no burn bridges, but so... Currently, we're serving about 36 lawn care-only industry-based clients, and and then we service Paul.
1: Yeah, and they're all um, growing yes. in, in profits and, and growing in peace of heart and mind of getting more and more margin in life. And mm-hmm. so you guys are doing an excellent job. And I hired uh, Megan and Joey because... When I had him on my podcast, I was using another bookkeeping service. And this lady meant well, but she had a full time job. She was making six figures for a big company. And I was just her side hustle, little project on the side. And so I didn't get the best of her time because she was her main customer was her, you know, job that was paying her six figures. I wasn't paying her that much. So she just gave me the leftovers. And I had all these questions, but I always felt like I was bothering her because you know, I'd have to talk to her when she was tired after working all day. So when I heard you guys were like specializing in lawn care and at the time my lawn care business was my main, this podcast was a small little side hustle and my lawn business was my main thing when we met. So I hired you guys and you cleaned up my books. Um, and then you started teaching me, um, you know, it took a year or two now. Um, I think we're in we started in 2020, so we're going in year four? Year yeah, three.
2: I think year three. Yeah, yeah three, I think we've had three years, yeah.
1: 2020, 2021,
2: 22, 2023. And okay, so
1: going into the fourth. It should starting be four, yeah. So, yeah. Starting the fourth year. When oh, nevertheless, every single month, guys, I've met with Megan and Joey. We haven't missed one month. They've taught me um, to read my balance sheet, my statement of cash flows, and my profit and loss statement. And yeah. so at four years now, I'm starting to, Get it a little bit right. better. Yeah. But I, um, you guys have really helped me. Like Joey gives me, earn this much to mm. break even. Yeah. And ever since we had that conversation, I've hit that number. You've killed it every yeah. month because <laughs> it gave me like uh, understanding. So,
2: and that's, that's a little bit of what we found when we were doing the bookkeeping because we found, you know, through those monthly meetings and I started easily learning, man, I like the monthly meetings. There's something, there's a touch there that you don't get from any other bookkeeper. It just differentiates us from everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so, but I found that through the monthly meetings, there was still something missing. Like they would ask questions and I, I wasn't comfortable enough answering it. And it's not that I couldn't have just thrown something out there to sound good. I just was realizing it wasn't, They needed a little bit more than just know your numbers. I mean, that's a really trite phrase we'd love to throw around. And it's still very true. You still need to know your numbers. But what we found through the monthly meetings and through the organization, which is what you're talking about, just that going over the profit and loss every single month, making sure we check in, making sure you see what you've you've done, making sure you have the ability to ask questions because it is a whole new language you're learning. And we found that it was really all the clients wanted us to evaluate them, you Mm -hmm. know, first day. You know, first day they get there, or they're in a meeting, and we're trying to teach them about the profit and loss. And they're like, is it a good business? And I'm like, like, those were some of the questions where it was just like, I just couldn't give a great answer because, you know, first of all, first meeting, you never want to say, "Well, it's a terrible business." But also, I just didn't know. Like, I was, I was just on a micro level looking at numbers, making sure they're in the right place, making sure I had accurate reports, and so where we're hoping to go next. So that's kind of where we've come from what we're doing right now. We're really hard into those monthly meetings still, but our goal is to do grow your numbers meetings, which, you know, cheesy as it is, it's easy to remember. Mm -hmm. And because it's still a monthly meeting, we want it to be separate in our client's mind or, you know, perspective minds where you've got the know your numbers that you're doing on a monthly, but then on a quarterly basis, we do for all our one-year clients, we do a grow your numbers. And what we're really striving for there is to build a framework that allows you to work within and to evaluate yourself within. And for that, Joey can kind of go into some of the metrics that we, we have followed so that we can know whether or not it's a good framework we're working with him.
3: Right, right. So yeah, in the, in the grow your numbers meetings, we're, we're basically, we found that there's, there's three categories that that make our clients have the peace of mind. And that would be, we, we break down the income statement into two sections. So we have your gross margin and then your net profit at the, at the bottom. So we're, we're calculating variable cost and we're called fixed cost. So in the month of, of April this, this year, I guess we're doing it. Um, you're you're we're basically seeing how efficient you are we're, we're talking about efficiency and we're talking about you know is my pricing correct and you know just all the nitty-gritty parts of your actual business model and is it scalable you know you don't want to repeat a business model that's not necessarily scalable right you don't want to just keep making the same mistake over and over again and compounding the problem into the future so that's a lot of the, the the things that we talk about you know in the first meeting of this year and then and then in july we're going to go over and do an expense analysis and we're going to kind of go over each little line item, making sure that things aren't getting out of control. You know, you're not just the, the middle of your business. Is just isn't just getting fat with unnecessary costs. So we're kind of doing a like it's called an expense analysis. Anyway, if we if we monitor that yearly, it can't ever really get out of control. Right. And then in, in October, we do our uh, since we largely deal with lawn care, you know, everybody's kind of going into hibernation mode come winter. So we do a winter preparedness uh, where we where we go over, you know, what's my break even? No. What can I, you know, plan for in the winter and, and make sure that everything's going to be ship come April when I'm ramping things back up. So that, that's kind of the three things that we're going over in terms of, you know, deeper level analysis instead of just like here's your profit for the month. You know, now we're talking about more nitty gritty things, but we can only do that if we have a year's worth of data. So we don't want to we don't want to just be making. You know, a lot of calculations based on one month of data or two months of data. A lot of these deeper levels, you know, require. Megan's chomping at the business. So, I, you go, I, you go. I
2: thought he was, I'm trying to, I mean, obviously we're passing, so it makes it harder. But I was trying to, uh, I thought he was. We're on off. a tight
1: budget here at the Greenwich Podcast. i only got two mics,
2: so <laughs> got to share. Yeah, keep, keep your fixed overhead in line. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I can't be splurging in front of my bookkeeper. I could just like <laughs> talking and keep moving. <laughs> <over here. Yeah.
2: laughs> <guys were> crazy. <laughs> I'm just like, sorry, I thought you were tapering off and you didn't. So I'm like, yeah. um, now I basically forgot what I was going to. Oh, I remember um, oftentimes we'll get a client, you know, maybe winter and they want to know if they're good business is like Oh, we don't know. You know, it's wintertime. We know this is not your typical season, if you will. And so that's what that first year is for. It's really for the education, that organization. And we use those two words very specifically because we need you to know and understand how your statements work, how they communicate, which you said, you know, even after four years, you're really slowly, not slowly, but you're really starting to internalize it, I think would be the right word. So that, number one, you're asking better questions. Number two, you know, if you do have... Something. If you do have a question, you often know which statement, you know, is going to help us be able to accurately problem solve that. Um, And so all that to say that first year we're we're really using to do that. And then those grow your analysis meetings, there is still what we would call financial dashboard. So we have some themes we're doing, which Joey just mentioned, the expense analysis. But every single analysis meeting, they check in with their financial dashboard, which tells them how's my gross profit metric? How's my debt? metric mm-hmm. and then uh what's that third one we've we
3: monitored we um, monitor cash and then profitability yeah. we, we try and nail down what true profitability and we've talked about that sorry we, we try and nail down what true profitability means and we talked about that in a lot last podcast but a lot of small businesses don't know their true profit and so we try and bring that into the equation
2: so so that's the framework we're starting to build out where then you can start evaluating yourself. Am I a good business or am I am bad business? You can't really evaluate yourself just because you have a profit number or a. I mean, obviously that profit number needs some sort of comparison or some sort of benchmark. And so, the grow your analysis means, just like they do every month, they're going to check in, look at that dashboard, and then we have a little bit of a a topic or an exercise, if you will, to bring them through. Um, that first one, looking at their. Scalable, repeatable business model, which is mainly pricing, efficiency in labor, and material cost. And then the second one is an expense analysis. And then the last one of this year is going to be a um, winter planning session with us, which, you know, he already mentioned what it would be, but it's also just looking at what's your cash flow typical of in the winter, how much would you need on hand to be able to pay off your loans, but also to break even. All of those are different concepts we want them to see.
1: So it's gone full circle. You started watching a guy teach you on how to be a bookkeeper. You were working full time, Joey, Joey doing what?
3: Yeah, I was I was actually a wind turbine technician. So the giant windmills that they have out west, out west, that's we we built them up at the General Electric plant. So uh, that's largely what I was doing. So You had a full time job. Yeah. mm -hmm.
1: And then you didn't you know, you only had a few customers. You didn't have necessarily full time income from. Right. So how has it been? You obviously now aren't doing the wind turbines, are you? No, no, no. When did done you come that. full Ten time, and then you had a baby, and you have yeah, uh, that's you have other employees. Like, how did it all grow? Tell us that timeline.
2: Do you want to do it?
3: Oh no, I, yeah, it's fine. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from my perspective, um, basically. Yeah, I was doing I was I was basically bringing home all the money so that we had the cash flow so that we could, you know, try and scale this thing while Megan got clients, you know. And then we, we obviously had our our son basically about the same time that I was coming home. So that that was really a a, you know, crazy time because, you know, I, I was coming into the business, I didn't have as much experience as Megan, you know. So it it was it was tough just moving into boom you have a baby and boom i'm home at the same time and trying to figure out how you know our operation is working in its entirety because i was still involved but i wasn't you know as nitty-gritty as megan was at the time but just you know making that transition was was rather difficult and challenging but uh yeah i mean since then we've had our son i came home we've tried to like split the workout a little bit more and now we 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 shoot more for You know, Megan's working the. She does the meetings from eight to twelve, and I do the meetings from one to five now. And we have our son kind of flip flopping between us. Um, But uh, yeah, it's been interesting. You know, in that transitory stage, it's it's been rather difficult. We we really just didn't want to put him in daycare, so that we we could have easily just thrown him to daycare and then like. But I, I just think it's best for him to stay home. You know, it's more healthy for him. So that's largely why we did what we did.
2: Yeah, I mean the original purpose of the business was to be home with him. And so yeah. that's been a hard one to balance because, you know, oftentimes a solution to people who own a business or are at home, they'll send like, the, you know, the child off to daycare, which look, there's nothing wrong with that. We just personally both had a value where we would have loved to have been with our child, especially as he's first developing. And so keeping him here, but also running a business in the home was, (laughs) we just, yeah, we just had to problem solve that as we went. So, and like he said, he came home in July, we had the baby in October. Um, and then I went to work 10 days after the baby. I don't know why I just had great ideas of what that might've looked like. And it didn't. (laughs) So all that to say that was, that was challenging. Um, and then of course we had the challenging on the personal side with the baby itself, not just the business, but I will say we, we're pretty calculated and measured and we tried to apply wisdom to the situation and the season of life we're in. And so we hadn't, we weren't, we weren't juggling, you know, 36 meetings like we are now with 36 clients. And so, you know, thankfully we, like I said, we calculated it well enough, but we were still living on a a decent budget in order to be able to be home with him. Both of us be home with him. And um, funny enough, I had gone to a, I it was virtual but it was a bookkeeping conference by the gentleman that told us of course he was putting this on for the first time and it was virtual because of the pandemic but i remember somebody just standing up during that and saying hire your first person or hire your first employee before you think you need mm-hmm. them and i just took that to heart i thought yeah and honestly i've never you know i want to be the business owner which if that's the case The goal would be to remove myself from eventually the operations and to build the business, build the systems inside of it, build the team, build the, you know, obviously watch the budget, all of those things that come with owning a business. And so I did. I hired before I needed it. The great thing about bookkeeping positions is often they're they're part time. So Mm -hmm. I didn't need a huge, overwhelming amount of work to be able to give to somebody in order for them to work for us. So. Um, once again, through the same gentleman who had like a Facebook group that we also were a part of, I just put a post out there and got my first, first, um, contractor. So 1099 subcontractor who does some of the bookkeeping. And then I just kept going back to Joey and was like, I really think I want to hire two. Like I said, it's not a lot of work. I'm not going to promise a ton, but I think it'd be best if I got two so that I could remain, continue to remain um, out of the bookkeeping side of things. And so just slowly be able to shift from that. And if anything happened to that one lady, I wanted to back up mm-hmm. so that I didn't have to plug myself back in. Um, because obviously the, the labor, the labor side of the bookkeeping would keep me away from being able to do some of the business owning work, the dreaming, the delegating, the decision-making. So yeah, hired her 2021, big January, 2021, no 2022. I think it was 2022. 2022. Beginning of January twenty two. Beginning yeah. of last year was our first subcontractor, yeah. first two. And then we did actually have a transition into two new ones. So we currently have three subcontractors that do the bookkeeping for us.
1: So the original two are...
2: One of them didn't work out. Well, okay. not that she didn't work out, but she just wanted to move to a different industry. She really okay. had liked a new industry. She had okay. started doing some work for. So we had the original two. One of them left, and then when I hired the second round, I hired two more. So, okay. kept so the one. second
1: lady or the first lady?
2: The second lady, the one that
1: you kept. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and then you got two new ones. Two new ones.
2: Yep. So same idea. I wanted to hire two more just in case someone didn't work there would still be at least two core bookkeepers doing the so work. So basically
1: until you guys fly. have a team of five now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause mm-hmm. Joey does um, afternoon meetings. So, and that's been kind of interesting. It's, it's funny. I, I never really saw myself per se as like management and leadership, but like Joey said, just from my background, I do have some organizational skills and I saw that in place many points in life. And so it's, it's really simple. Honestly, One of our life goals is to keep things simple. So as long as they've got things ready by our ready dates, uh, we don't hear from them much except to teach them some different things because often they're learning. In fact, I like the ones who are just learning brand new how to do the bookkeeping. And
3: you don't have to retrain them.
2: You don't have to retrain them. And I tell them if I don't if you don't hear from me, everything's good. Like I'll I'll take care of whatever you miss, because if I haven't communicated to you, I'm not going to keep you to that so it it works really well so far the three we have have been awesome and surprisingly now the bookkeeping I finally am out of except your books Paul you can feel special I I have a very unique uh, (laughs) that one I haven't uh, given away to anybody
0: You wouldn't drive a car without suspension, so why would you mow without it? With racing-inspired, patented full suspension and integrated cutting decks, Ferris commercial mowers are engineered to deliver a quality cut faster, allowing professional landscapers to earn more profit and bragging rights. Ferris suspension is not just a feature or a marketing gimmick, it is a game-changer that simply has to be experienced. True suspension changes everything. Visit FerrisMowers.com today to find your nearest dealer. Ferris. Experience suspension. Do you spend too much time worrying about the safety and security of your vehicles and machines? Are you tired of the hassle of building schedules and routes for your crews? Well, GPS TrackIt is here to help. They understand that keeping your assets safe and managing your crews efficiently are crucial tasks, but they don't have to be your job. Let GPS TrackIt take some of the mental load off with their cutting-edge tools, including real-time asset tracking, optimized routing, efficiency reports, and more. With GPS TrackIt, you can focus on your real job, building your business. So why wait? Visit gpstrackit.com to get started and experience peace of mind like never before. Are you in the market for a new high-performance mower? Look no further than the Kubota Z200. This mower combines quality, comfort, and ease of use all in one package. And now, select models come with the new K-Ride Comfort System for optimized comfort. Experience the elevated zero-turn performance with the three-point system and choose from cutting decks ranging from 42 to 54 inches. Plus, the Kubota Z200 comes with Kawasaki engines. Don't wait to experience the difference for yourself. Visit KubotaUSA.com for more information and to find your local Kubota dealer.
1: Say goodbye to disorganized and inefficient business management. Upgrade to Jobber, the field service management software. Streamline every aspect of your business from quoting to invoicing. Impress your customers and increase your productivity. Start your journey to success with Jobber now at getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. How has it been, because um, you guys are changing mm-hmm. these, you know, 36 and counting of my precious listeners' lives, um, It's meaningful work, because this is the kind of stuff that mm-hmm. um, literally there was a gentleman who took his life who lived in Cumming, Georgia. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he was a landscaping business owner. He had a wife and two kids, and his was, business was, stri- was not doing good. This was in 2020. This was April 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the root of it, I'm not a, no professional and, you know. But I know the financial struggle of the landscaping business was a part of that decision. Right. So what you guys are doing of giving a business owner a strategy, a blueprint, a a peace of mind of of success is meaningful work. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the most extreme situation, but there's all kind of unnecessary stress and anxiety because guys don't know their numbers and they're mm-hmm. disorganized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's that been like that you're actually doing meaningful work?
2: Yeah. So the flip side of that story is is truly in the past I feel like it's been in the past half a year, so for the past six months, we've had four gentlemen in the meeting with us like, you know, tearing up when they thank us grown when we
1: went, man, backwoods yeah, hard working. Yeah, truly,
2: truly. Crying. And and surprisingly the ones I never thought it meant A terrible amount because they're really competent business owners and so it just it opened my eyes up to there is a peace of mind that comes with knowing your numbers but I feel like it's more so also knowing that Joey and Megan have your back and the values that we do exude even in our monthly meetings and man there's a peace of mind that comes with the organization the learning because you know, a part of a good business owner would be that they understand the financials and not just know their numbers, but understand the financials. And by that means understand how to interpret the profit and loss, the statement of cash flows, the balance sheet. All three of them are important, not just the, the profit and loss or, or the income, statement, as it's actually technically called. So all that to say, I, I mean, that to me is enough of a review on my end those days where mm-hmm. we get those honest celebrations of what we're doing, we just know to keep going. What like was we know making to... them
1: cry exactly?
2: It was it was the they they're speaking to us and thanking us for the peace of mind. It was their thank you to us. And, you know, it's not like every meeting is touch, you know like touchy feely. That's yeah. really not how the meetings go. They're actually pretty dry. If you ask most of my clients, it's it's come. We organize to the point where I can show you your statements as, as long as there's nothing remaining that needs to be done in order to show your statements. That's what we do. And then if you have any questions or if I have any housekeeping and or questions, we get that done. And then you're on your way because I want you to you know be able to be in your business like you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but. At these certain points in the in the meeting, they were just thanking us and saying, and there's starting to be some connections along the way. Sheila is the financial planner we work with, and one was working with her, so we were just talking about how that was going and making sure everything was on the up and up. And she, he just he just had it coming out of his mouth the encourage the thank yous, the encouragement, the honest compliments, and he was tearing up. And um, that had happened previously. Like I said, all of these have been within the the six months and they all use that word peace of mind. So we know we're we're hitting something there.
3: Yeah, I think uh, our why is really important. Like we don't want to I always tell people if we weren't making a difference, I don't even want to do it because I hate I hate do nothing businesses. I don't want to just feel like we're not like we're just talking and making it sound good, but we're not actually giving you any actionable steps or anything that that is going to change your personal life as well because your business and your personal life are very intricately tied, you know, especially early on. So uh, it's extremely important to us. I think it's probably the most important thing, you know, in our lives is just making a difference for sure. So that's that's great. Um, We've talked off air about
1: Um, Most lawn care business owners don't actually pay themselves a set amount strategically. And you guys obviously keep it confidential with your customers. We're not going to be giving out names, addresses, social security numbers. (laughs) But um, you notice, because you have a large scope to view, that this is an issue. So can you talk a little bit, Joey, about the right thing to do and the error that
3: a lot of companies are making? Yeah, it's it's tough because everybody has a different... Um, Starting point, you know, when we when we take them on, you know, we we do profit first. And I think you've talked about that a little bit. So that's, um, you know, setting yourself up to where you can take half of your revenue. You know, that's essentially profit first, at least early on. So we, we try and push for that with a lot of our clients. It is rather difficult. Um, because you have to think about things differently in terms of profit, you know, they, they profit first, you know, you're supposed to take your profit before you actually pay everything out, which is, you know, just a total mind warp of what you're used to, where you just pay expenses and you take whatever's left over. So, you know, and it's important also, you know, if you can get to that step where you are taking 50 percent of your revenue, at least as a small business, it's, it's impossible, you know, as you scale. Um, But it's it's important to know, you know, what your what your true profit is after you pay yourself for all of your, you know, your labor costs and everything. And and, and a lot lot of guys don't think about this, but you're you're paying yourself for obviously the labor portion of things, but you're also paying yourself for all the back office admin stuff, too. So you're you're doing, you know, billable field hours and non billable, you know, in the office and everything. So we try and take account for those sorts of things, because as you move out of the business, you're going to have to replace yourself. So we're trying to calculate what's a reasonable. Salary it's it's not as easy As it sounds you know um so yeah. Anyway, after after you do all that, we can actually come to your true profit, and your true profit is what's, what's going to keep you in business. If you're not truly profitable, you number one, you don't have the money to scale, and number two, you're not going to be a business for very long because you need to have a buffer in your business in order to negate all of the risks that you're taking in business. Because there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times, you know. And if you don't have that buffer, you know, you're not going to be able to, to to withstand the tough times. So. I think it's really important to get that, that salary really, really well managed. And as you scale to not just draw more and more out of your business, the more you can take, the less you can take out, the more you can scale your business. So the more you can sacrifice on the personal end, the faster you can grow. And, and it's, it's hard because a lot of guys are just thinking, how's my business, how's my business. But it's like, man, it's so tied to your personal life. You don't even know, especially those first three years, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very, um, very important not to, not to take too much out early on.
2: That was a good question that we got asked was do you see a lot of your really successful businesses on a budget? Mm. On a on a business budget. And after, you know, just thinking through and talking through the answer, which is what we're doing here, when you ask questions, really no. It's not about their business budget as much as about their personal budget. And like Joey said, your business and your personal is really tied early on in business to the point where, you know, you're asking you're asking yourself. Can I live more on a personal budget so that my business can have more of the cash to stay inside the business itself? And so we just thought that was just an intriguing answer that we kind of came up. Not we didn't come up with on the spot, but it was revealed to us after needing to articulate an answer of, you know, it's not really so much about the profit first, although it's a wonderful system. Joey and I use it in business um, about cash flow management. But oftentimes it does come with the business owners who have a personal budget. And so, therefore, they can leave that cash to be able to grow their business.
3: Mm-hmm. And you also you also have to think about it in terms of, you know, um, l- let's just say going back to the point where early on in business, your personal salary is largely tied to your business. You have to think about it this way. If you have a seven-figure business, let's just say you're taking an, an even million in revenue. If you're drawing a $50,000 salary, that's literally 5%. Now, if you're a $100,000 business and you're taking $50,000, that's 50%. And a business is technically something that can operate as an, its own entity. Mm-hmm. So if you remove yourself, what is that business? So early on, a lot of guys don't realize you don't really have a business, you have a job. you mm-hmm. know. And as you scale, you're actually having a business at that point where it can run without you. You're creating all the systems and processes to where it can just be a self-sustaining entity. So I, I think that's important to get through your mind in the first couple of years.
2: And I think people can get really bogged down in their numbers, so we we also... Everything we do comes from this definition of business we have, which, you know, if I were to mention it just between us, it would be something that we can eventually remove ourselves from. But I'm trying to articulate this and it is coming from like a memory that. I I just created the definition because it's based off the three statements that we really work hard on getting our clients to understand or or helping them understand, guiding them. And our definition of business would be a financially free, so not debt free, but a financially free profitable operation that provides the business owners or the partners if, you know, they're a multi-member provides the business owners or the partners with a source, a reliable source of disposable cash. And so all of three of those things, so the financially free, that would be the balance sheet. You've got to bring in the balance sheet to know whether or not you're financially free. In fact, we we in our last meeting with you, you were talking through vehicles and things and it was just like, more so on should I finance? Should I, you know, should I use cash? Should I wait? All of those concepts come from the balance sheet itself. Um, and then the idea of a profitable business or a set of operations would be your profit and loss, also called the income statement. And then the idea that you would have disposable cash mean is the statement of cash flows, which tells you hey how much can i take out of the business how much should i leave back in the business and so that's that's our overarching definition of business when we do these meetings it's it's the concept that there, there's no such thing as balance in life there's seasons in life and really applied wisdom to those seasons and we want to see we want to help our business owners see those seasons through their statements because the numbers do tell the story where we've got a business right now who he he really financed a lot a lot of equipment And so now he needs a consolidation season where it's like, hold off, you know, you're bleeding some cash. Let's find a way to let's find a way to cut expenses, live on a personal budget and pay down some of that debt so that you're not too over leveraged. So, you know, I feel like what we're doing in the in the monthly meetings is not as like, yeah, we're responding to questions, but it's not like we have an answer for everything. What we're really trying to help our clients do is think through what it is they're doing, why they're doing it. And then of course, see some of the specifics that would play into what it is. But honestly, you know, sometimes they come with questions and I, I just, I refuse to give an answer. Like I want them to think through what I just mentioned and be able to do that. So, you know, there's some education, but there's also some building of a framework that we're really hoping to get done with them so that we can see some of those really big success stories. Because like we said, you know, you've heard our story. We've been at it for three years. I mean,
3: lawn care three. Yeah, we've done bookkeeping for five. five. yeah.
2: Yeah, the lawn care for three years. So we're just now getting to some of those, you know, stories where we've told you no one's regressed, but we've got some stories of a one of our clients. He's actually buying the business from his dad. And like we helped both of them really think through the, the the situation and the problem solving we didn't give them an answer like we didn't know what number to magically tell them that would make the transaction work but we helped them think through you know if you were to replace your son how much more would you need to or how much less could you sell it for you know all of these things that would make a difference um in the actual negotiation of the business and so that was a really fun project that came about during the monthly meetings. Um, So, yeah, creating a space where they can think through these answers or not necessarily get an answer, but think through the situation.
3: Mm -hmm. And she mentioned uh, no one's regressed. We actually pulled up a stat for you before this because we knew you were going to ask us about how's your client base doing and everything like that. So we we took all the uh, the averages for our clients for the last that we have two years of data on and all of them across the board. The averages—they've increased their top line forty-three percent. So, wow. so that, that's—I don't know—that's that, just some hard numbers for you. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, yeah we, we, don't, exactly. we haven't had—we haven't had one business regress, and that's—that's that's been the average growth rate over the last two years. So, yeah,
2: and, and it's not to say like top line is everything, but that's—that's right. that's still, you know, in our eyes, a great stat. If you were to take the market here in Pensacola and see their growth rates, it wouldn't be that average <laughs> of course there's a lot of startups here but I don't know that you would necessarily see that average and so I mean that speaks to some of the client base that's already coming toward us because they are after hearing you and after hearing some others in the industry they're really wanting to be professional they're really wanting to get a team together mm-hmm. we, we hear yeah. that in the 15 minutes I don't know you know oftentimes they'll say I don't know really what to call it but I just want a team and it's mm-hmm. like yeah I, I know exactly what you mean by that mm-hmm. because we've started to build put ours in place and you know somebody who like I said, just that we're not here to preach at you. We're not here to necessarily give you answers because we find that the fun part of business is an experiment. But to help you think through the financial side of it. Um, so, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that stat. I know you were pretty impressed when Joey. What did you do at the the seminar that we went the conference? It was
1: Jason's attendance at the conference went up 2.9 <laughs> percent. And I was like, I like these people.
3: <laughs> They're, I like these people. They're nerds. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it's come full circle since Jason's event because here we are. You've changed 36 businesses Mm -hmm. and, you know, their wives and their children and and their employees. And, um, you know, we're just getting started. And I've personally used um, Megan and Joey since 2020. And, like, that's important to know because, like, there was a, I think it's called FTX.
2: Yeah, that crypto. So
1: all these influencers are out here. And the crypto company was paying them a bunch of money, and they're all saying, FTX, FTX. And they got paid a bunch of money to say, you know, three letters, FTX, right? <laughs> well, they didn't even know what they were saying, and then it turned out to be uh, like uh, it a... It was a fraudulent situation. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. So when I say, as an endorsement, that there's 36 other business owners, pretty much all of them are Green Industry Podcast <laughs> listeners. They are. That's how they heard. Um, and they went through your ecosystem and they're growing. And I personally, you guys have seen me exp- not explode. Maybe that's not your word.
3: No, but, you definitely have. Uh, yes. It's
1: growing. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, this is something that if you guys are looking for a good family business to add to your team as a, a bookkeeper, um, I personally have them, you know, as my bookkeepers. I guess if we've done 52 meetings a year for at least four, three calendar years, that's like 150 meetings.
2: So we would do 12 meetings. 12 meetings, yeah. Or pardon me, 12, four, that's 12 52 times.
1: weeks. 12 times 3 is 36. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Here's my number. <laughs> this is why I hired a bookkeeper. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where he's getting that from. Yeah. But. I know, it's
2: his weeks. So he
1: was adding up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, my numbers is not my strong suit whatsoever. <laughs> but they, they've they been um, personally my bookkeeper. So I say that to say, if you've been on the fence about getting a bookkeeper, get, you know, get signed up with Megan and Joey.
2: Yeah, and we're we're not contract based. So I mean, we it's not like it's not like obviously you're not handing out some money at some point. That's true of any business, but not contract based. We wanted to be a mutual partnership where yeah, we're looking to partner with you long term. We're not going to be shy about that. But if something's not working out after that 4th, 5th month, like it's fine, you know? look somewhere else. It's funny. I have had several drop. I, I say several, two. I've had two businesses drop and then, you know, email me back like, Hey, uh, that was a really bad idea. Any chance you'd, you know, take us back or do a little bit of work for us, you know, whatever the case. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I want it to be completely mutual. I want us both to feel like we're in the partnership and we're contributing to it and we're learning from it and we're, um, helping each other out so when you say give it a try literally give it a try if it if it's not for you it's not for you and we're okay with that
1: yeah and i'll put the link to your guys's website in the youtube video here and you can just click on that and um you can sign up for a. you guys still offer free 15 minute consultations yep
2: everything's free up until the point that you sign our proposal so free 15 minute and then we get the one hour after that on the schedule and then after the one hour, I'll send you a proposal via email. So you have a little bit of chance to look over it with you, wife, business partners, if that's the case. And then if you sign, that's when the exchange of money would occur. Yeah. All free until good. then.
1: Yeah. Was there anything we're leaving out here that needs addressed?
2: You think of anything we thought to say and left out? I don't
3: think so. That seemed pretty.
2: Pretty well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. I. I feel like that's really well-rounded. I mean, there's also previous podcasts, so yeah. you check those out too. Cool.
1: Well, thanks for watching, guys. Smash that subscribe button. Hope to catch you in the next video. The Know Your Numbers training program is the shortcut to financial freedom that I wish I had. You see, success requires more than us just working in our business. We must learn how to work on our business. And in the Know Your Numbers training program...